Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, with KMA Talk Radio. We are broadcasting live from sunny Florida, and I'm here as always with my trusty cohorts, the Italian scallion himself, the man we call Shameless Paul. I like that, the man we call Shameless Paul. Well, that's fine. If that's just if that's what you call me, that's fine. That's got a little ring to it. And of course, the man who sits to the right, also known as the goat, Alex Tabella. Good morning, folks. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> a lot of energy in the room this morning. I, I'm, 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 I'm still ready out. to go. Yeah, I'm I figured you'd still be out, especially I'm after a night's sleep. Man, I'm still out. Of my, uh, my dialogue isn't on point. My reading isn't on point. My typing isn't on point. I Why got, are you so tired? Oh, I got messed up yesterday pretty bad. Oh, I, I had to, no idea. I went got the good stuff. I went to do... Dude, I can't imagine why anybody would, like, casually do that drug. Like, not recreationally do that drug. I mean... It, I'm sorry. I um I went in for I went in for a simple colonoscopy and uh, endoscopy. Oh, yep, yep. I've I've done an endoscopy before. You don't you didn't like the way you felt afterwards? Well, I didn't finish telling you what happened. Oh, continue. So, I should have realized there was something wrong when well, I did realize it, but what are you gonna do at that point? But the anesthesiologist was like a little D bag, man. She uh Uh-oh. she came up to me and you know, she's there asking normal questions like, uh, do you smoke? And I went, Yes. And she's like, You smoke? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, what are you really going to tell me? And all the procedures you do, I'm the first smoker you've come across. But, like, she right. took it, like, personal, right? So it ends up that they told my wife, because of my tobacco use, the uh, anesthetic didn't take as well as it should have taken or whatever. So they dosed me with ketamine. What? Yeah. yeah party on. I woke up, like, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. You know the Lululemon scene? <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's how I woke up. Oh, couldn't my talk, God. talk. Couldn't put words together. And, I, you know, I'm, I, I told my wife, don't come. When I wake up, I'll call you. You come get me. Yeah, I'll I be was, fine. I was supposed to be out of there in 15 minutes. I was here for an hour and a half plus. And then how they sent me home, I have no idea. How I got home, I have no idea. I passed out for like an hour, still woke up fucked up. It was like four hours oh my God. before I was normalized. I was messed up. To the hill, and then still, even now, I feel like a Mack truck hit me. All my senses are slow. I feel like I, I feel like I was at like Woodstock last night. Like I partied at you Woodstock. Couldn't, 
they and, and meanwhile you, you just had an endoscopy and a colonoscopy my oh, wife literally funny. said my wife literally said to her they still give human beings that stuff i mean i didn't even like i didn't know that they use that in medical professions oh I yeah didn't... oh yeah Dude, you know, I was, so, I was hallucinating. why couldn't they just dose you with more of what they were giving you to put you to sleep? Do you think I had any time to ask any questions, bro? I wasn't conscious till like three in the afternoon. I was home two in the afternoon. Oh my God. So you're coming off a bad trip. <laughs> bad. And the worst kind because the one you didn't expect. Right. 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 Yeah. You, yeah. you had no time to mentally prepare for it. No, man. I woke up messed up. My wife told <laughs> my wife said I got on the phone with her. I don't even know how I used the phone. First of all, I don't even know how I found the phone. Because I, I called wow. her, said, come get me. And then she's like, I'm on the way. And then I called her back like literally 30 seconds later. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. That would no. that would be normal. No, man. I was I was out of it, man. I was completely out of it. I'm still a little slow this morning. So bear with me. Oh, geez. Yeah, the 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 two times I've had endoscopies done. I like loved it afterwards. I felt like I was on cloud nine. It's the greatest I, I can't wait in the to world. ask my doctor why the fuck they gave me ketamine. Yeah, that's I like. Don't they give that to like animals? horses? Yeah, it's like a yeah. horse tranquilizer. Horses, cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I feel like Good my stuff. dog was dosed with ketamine and uh, horses, cats, and ravers. It's a rave drug. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, I know plenty special. My K, wife was telling K. me about the K holes. I was like, yes. it's a K hole. Yeah, you were in one, my friend. <laughs> she was telling me how people like have it, they're walking in a hole. You always know them in the club, you know, they're on ketamine. Yeah, or they're just like stuck. K holes. Oh man, it, it was it was brutal. Unexpected, blown out of the water. I was hallucinating. I was seeing quadruple, quintuple. I mean, I couldn't talk. My wife says she got me to the kitchen table and she was trying to get me the couch. I'm like, that couch is too far. Why is the couch so far? There's no way I'm getting to that couch. In your living room? Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like five feet. It, it's, it's, it's kind of a fringe thing, but they actually, some people use that in uh, drug and alcohol treatment as a form of therapy. Depression, I read about it too. They give it in lower doses and yeah. with a therapist, kind of, you know, you're in this some semi trippy stage and they kind of will get you to open up a little more. But uh, it's kind of a well, I, I guess I could see that because it takes your takes your mind away from the DTs if you're going through withdrawals. I guess that's it it kind of makes it's sense. Part of the use is to, to kill, kill your consciousness, it takes everything away. <laughs> it causes complete <laughs> consciousness. I was out like, oh. Sounds like my so kind did of you night. Just... Yeah. Sounds like what? You're 80s? Sounds like my kind of night. Yeah. Ugh. I don't see. I don't like that feeling of like not like being removed from things. That's probably why I never got into into drugs. But I never. I don't like feeling like like when I used to smoke pot. I would feel like I'm sitting in the back of my head, watching the movie of my life happen without me. That's how I used to describe it to people. I don't well, like I can, that. Not being I can tell you, there's no way this woman microdosed me. She megadosed me, man. Because look, I'm <laughs> I'm a I'm a big guy. Even when I used to do like recreational drugs, I mean, never lasted as long as anybody. I never got affected. Right. As as, even when I go to dentist, the Novocaine typically starts wearing off before they finish drilling. I was right. whacked right. for four hours after this procedure, a little over four hours. Yeah, and you would whacked. and you would think like she would 
you know, obviously with your larger size, they that they could just dose you higher on whatever they were giving you. Why she was she was probably like, Well shit, I'm not waiting another hour for this son of a I'm bitch. I'm telling you with more she dose, was, so let's put this. him down. I'm telling yeah. you. I, I feel like I got, you know, like, you know, um whatever the term for like a hate fuck is for anesthesia hate fuck. I think I got hate anesthesia, you know. Yeah, I think so too. You know what? Yeah. I think about that sometimes. Cause even doc, you ever you ever be at work one day, like doing a job, and you're like, man, I just, I just let's get this over with, get it done. It doesn't have to be the best, it just has to be done. You like, don't doctors do the same thing? Like they they got it, they're in a surgeon, like fuck. I listen, we got we got card game tonight. I gotta get out of here. Like, let's just it's good enough. Let's just finish it up. I think about that because people think that way. I feel bad for the nurse when I woke up. There was one girl lady from New York, she was super tolerant, super nice, man. She's like, you're going to be loopy for a while. Hang in there, babe. She was talking me down for everything. <laughs> Did they strap you down? No, no, no. Strap me down. I could barely move. I couldn't walk to the car. <laughs> right. me well, down. Maybe that was the point. My they tongue was saw barely, you coming in. My tongue was barely working. It was really funny because when I started talking, I was totally mumbling. wasn't making any thing. And I wasn't sure, am I talking that way or is my hearing fucked? Right, and then I realized I could hear the nurse normal. So no, I'm sounding like an idiot. Oh, so it was you. It was you. Yeah, I wasn't able to talk. Normal. The real See, what question actually, is: What actually happened was, you know, we knew that Abe was contemplating coming in the office after the procedure. Yeah, so we made a little. <laughs> yeah, dose him up good. Keep him out of here today. <laughs> I want. I see. I wish we had some kind of video of this. Well, you know, like I told my wife, don't I'll just call you because you know I got dropped off at six fifteen. Then she had to go run, drop off the kids. I'm like, just go home. Had you done? Had you done a colonoscopy before? Or is this your first time? First okay, time. so yeah, I was gonna. And say they that. did both. They Maybe did you just endo, knew. They did the endo and the colon, but I, you know, I talked to people. It was no big deal once you're done, whatever. And um, I literally told us the worst part is up. getting prepared for it. The worst part is getting prepared for it. I hear for the colonoscopy. Well, the really the most agitating stuff. thing was really not eating all day. Fucking Alex coming to my office every fucking twenty minutes eating a bowl of food. I finally kicked him out of my office. <laughs> like literally, how many fucking meals can you eat a day? Like I'm really like I'm, I'm trying not to focus. I'm it was not funny. Eating. It was funny because I walk in the office and he's like, "Can you fucking?" Not? And my first instinct, I was about to get pissed off. He was like, "Can you not fucking come in here with food?" And literally, I went. I sincerely apologize. Yeah, like he, he turned, he turned around. And goes, yeah, his, I could tell as soon as I started saying, "Will you please stop fucking coming in this office?" And that's all he heard. I saw his face and said, while you're eating food, and he went, "No, no I'm sincerely sorry. No, sincerely, I'm sincerely sorry." <laughs> See, I would have, I would have walked in with a pub sub after that, <laughs> bro. That, that was really the hardest thing. And then I go home, and my wife chooses that night to make like a fucking killer dinner. Right, so I'm smelling the shit and whatever. I can't eat nothing, and then I didn't have to drink my first drink till six p.m. And then, and then, like, it really the, the the shits didn't kick in like for like three hours, and then you had to drink yeah. the second one at eleven. So then I woke up like almost shitting in my pants at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, what do we look? What we do to ourselves in this country? For those of you who haven't reached forty-five, enjoy it, man, because getting old sucks. Yeah. I got now, how old are you, Paul? I'm 39. Yeah, you, you, they start they start the testing now at 45. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think I, I probably before. would go earlier because it is in my family. Oh yeah, then you uh, probably start like at 40. A, a cousin. Now, when yeah, I got my checkup, I thought it. I thought I was doing. I said now 45, so I was like, cool. I got yeah. 
I've had an endoscopy done though in the past. It's you know, it is what it is. They put that blow up doll thing in your mouth. Did they do that to you? Or I was out of it. That's a clip I'll be saving. <laughs> they put a, literally like a plastic a pipe up. in your mouth so your mouth stays open like this. <laughs> That's also a clip I'll be saving. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, I was in the room. I The last thing I remember is they put an oxygen mask on me, and then I woke up in complete, utter delirium. Meanwhile, as soon as as soon as she saw you close your eyes, she's like, "Fuck this son of a bitch!" I'll 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 show him for being a smoker. And they literally said to my wife, "Was because I was a smoker and my size that they had to do it." I don't know. I feel like we should ask some physicians. I just think there's a million other things they could have done other than horse tranquilize me. (laughs) And then I really don't know how they got me out of that hospital. How they discharged me? I don't know how my wife got me in the house. God bless her. But after I was going to say, how did she get you in the car? Like, were you so walking? I was really slow. She's like, it took forever, <laughs> like one step at a time. And I was wobbling and like swaying. Every time. <laughs> any of the neighbors. <laughs> Brandy's fearing for her life that you were going to If any fall. of the neighbors saw my wife walking into the house <laughs> at, at fucking like 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, they all had, they all at 10 30, they all had to think like she went out to the bar and got me from a drunken stupid. <laughs> like, literally. Just rolling you in the house. I might have footage of that on my house camera. Yeah, I bet you do. Coming in. I, the, I, oh, I man, go, if you I have that, go, I'm going to go look for it today. I bet you I got footage on my house camera of how long. I'm sure of you at least going up the driveway and, and walking in the house. That's going to be classic. No, I'm sure I got video of it. I might post it on KMA if I find it later. But look at my eyes. My eyes look like I went on a bender last night. Yeah, actually, you do. You look like you. I'm a little glazed been, you know, over. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Jeez, and I thought I had a, a crazy couple of days. I guess not. Yeah, how was your Fridays? Well, Alex had, was, his, own little, actually... Alex had his own little universal catastrophe. I did. I did. We had a little how catastrophe, so? but um, just we had some some website issues, which actually wasn't our fault. We had a Labor Day sale. We had a Labor Day sale at launch oh, yesterday. Yep. We had the Meshugana, the remaining Meshugana drop from the Dojo uh, Rocky Mountain Celebration Festival Cigar. Um, we had 150 of those to sell. People were waiting. Why, 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 why'd you do that? Back Hot Weekly. I, did, I accidentally did that. I think yesterday was the first time we bought back Hot Weekly deals for a while. Yeah. And then I guess the the credit card processing company had, what do they call it, Alex? It had like a blackout. or A, a server blackout. Can you imagine? No, that well, does happen. You know, I've heard of that. And it's just like... This stuff would never happen at like a Tuesday night at 11 p.m. when nothing's like really going on in the site. It has to happen at noon on a Friday when we just dropped a dojo release. Three, in the middle three, of the labor going on. Yeah, you know, and this is when they have an outage. So it was like, you know, all hands on deck, damage control, get on the phone, oh God. get on, get get the web developed, get everybody. So, I mean, you know, we we handled it fairly well, but it was, you know. It was a good start to the... We got lucky, really. Our Cigar of the Month Club saved us. Um, when we switched our processors yes. earlier this year, we were too afraid to switch over the Cigar of the Month Club because it, it works like on a separate system because it's an auto-billing, the, the subscription, ah. subscriptions. So we said, you know what? Let's just leave that with the old merchant processor. We don't even want to mess with that. I just see a catastrophic nightmare happening. So, that so you're old- able to default on that? If we didn't, we would have killed. Right. It, it almost Maybe for the whole weekend. Back. I don't even know. Is Braintree even back up? No, they haven't 
you know, I don't know because I'm not fucking with it until right. I'm not fucking with it until after the Labor Day yeah. sales over. But I mean, we could have been crushed, crushed. Wow. So we didn't. I mean, we essentially, what was happening was everybody that was trying to place an order was getting declined or failing. Like nobody could place an order. Worse. I wonder they're, if they got hacked. No, no. What worse was they were getting declined and failed on our end, but the processor was taking their money. Oh, right. really? So, so it was showing that you didn't take and, payment, but it took their money. And oh, so God. now imagine this. This is a dojo release. It's hot. They know it's limited. There's only so many. So they see that it failed. And what do they do? They're like, shit, I got to do it again. I got to try again. Shit, I got to. So uh, people place. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Was and then use a different card. And then we're and then we're afraid because it's going to sell out because when when since they're being charged, our our back end is recognized as a fail. It's not taking out of inventory that we'll end up holding these guys' money only to refund them on Tuesday because we don't even have any product left. Because uh, some of these guys may have not seen it, it failed, you know, just went on a quick assumption and kept going. So it was right. a nightmare yesterday for Alex, too. You're the only one that was like in Disneyland yesterday, Paul. I wasn't in Disneyland. I was no, but in, your life basically so, was compared to ours. No, no. We, uh, oh, I tell have us, two sick kids tell in us the, the house. Tell us the Croco horror story of yesterday. It's not a horror story. I, I, we got a call halfway through Axel's school day that he had to come home because he was complaining of ear pain. We br I brought him to the doctor because I was off yesterday from my day job. I was still working with my stuff, but um, went to pick him up, took him to the doctor. Stephanie was working, and both of them are sick now, and it's in the middle of potty training Eli, which is past due. I mean, he's two in, what, a couple of months now, and he, he's been ready. Like, he'll use the bathroom once in a while like before he goes in the tub he goes on the potty all that but now we're you know we do it when we have like three full days and he just walks around bottomless for that's what we did with axel in a day axel was trained so eli has had knockwood no accidents since uh we took him out of a diaper yesterday morning actually he did he did he had a pull-up on last night for bed and he did uh pee in that but it's just stressful because every 20 minutes you got to put him on the pot so that's why I was hoping to God that we'd definitely have a show today. So at least I get a couple hours relief from being on piss watch. Well, I was on shit watch. I told my wife I didn't want to sleep in the bed the night before. I was scared I'd fart and shit all over her. <laughs> <laughs> you think it was a joke? I was dead serious. Right. You couldn't squeak a wow. fart out. God forbid you'd fucking misfire, man. I, I have heard, I've heard that. Wow. Sounds like a party. Good, great Hell start yeah. to a holiday weekend for you. Hell yeah. It, it, it was literally like a college weekend for me just without all the fun. Right? <laughs> you, you, you skipped right to the aftermath. It's all aftermath. Yeah, exactly. None of the fun that got you there. Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, man. On that note, we have a very, very unique guest on our, our show today. First timer, as always. Pleasure when we have first timers. Um, I saw their booth at the PCA trade show for the first time this year. I was very unfamiliar with the brand. And it just so happened that they happened to be sitting in our lounge about a month ago. And I ran into them, talked a little bit about them, and thought it was an interesting enough story. Asked if they'd like to come on KMA Talk Radio. And here we have it. So uh, let's get on with our Meet Your Maker segment of this week's episode of KMA Talk Radio. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window 
Open it and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. And joining us for the first time on KMA Talk Radio from Drunk Chicken Cigars, it is Desiree Silver. Desiree, welcome to KMA Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. And you did that perfect. Half the time, actually more than half the time, somebody either messes up the um, name of the company or messes up my name. But you were on point. <laughs> how do you mess, how do up, mess drunk- up your name? Well, how do you mess up Drunk Chicken Cigars? <laughs> they say drunken chicken. Drunken. Drunk- I was going to, yeah. What do you think they're ordering off a menu? I I always tell them we're not drunken yet. We're working on it. <laughs> That's funny. We're just drunk. <laughs> so Desiree, you're the founder and CEO of Drunk Chicken Cigars. Uh, you know, tell I mean, obviously a lot of people are probably seeing you and hearing about you for the first time. Why don't you give us a little backstory about you, what you do, and how you got into cigars and how you got into starting a company called Drunk Chicken Cigars? <laughs> Um, well, I'm, um, well, I hear them. Uh, <laughs> what's in the, um, the chickens, um, can hear my voice now. I was sitting backstage and they ran away. I was like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get them here. As soon as I start talking, they all flock to me. So that's why I keep looking down. Cause one of them is going to be on the table in a minute. So <laughs> when that happens, don't be scared <laughs> or I, <laughs> um, but I have a chicken farm, a small chicken farm. Normally I have anywhere from 25 to 30 chickens. Um, right now, because I am selling the house and um, moving to another state, um, I only have nine or ten right now. So I just did not go and replenish my chickens this year. Um, now, is this so- for personal use, or are you selling them the eggs, or what's the purpose of the chicken farm? Just, just pets. Um, we eat, we eat the eggs. Wow. Pets. That's all. Um, I love chickens. I know I'm the crazy chicken lady. Didn't think I would grow up to be that. <laughs> but I absolutely love chickens. They, they have such personalities. Um, everyone is different and um, different. You can hear them talk different. I know it's that talk squawk different. They're just cute to me. Did you grow <laughs> up with chickens? Um, so my mom is from Jamaica. And in the summertime, I would go to Jamaica. And my uncle has um, a farm. Um, chickens and cows and my cousin has a goat farm so i ran around um jamaica all summer um in at farms and i'm the only one here in the states that have chickens so i think it just um here comes one um just um just something i grew up with that i just fell in love with i like um being on the land those are peppers stop it paul paul was gonna have a million questions this episode right now because anytime Paul can't understand something or like he needs now to understand every aspect of why you have a chicken farm. This is gonna no, be great. I get I get I chickens. I, I get chickens, but she's go ahead, Paul. But she's she's not in the country, right? Aren't you you're in, in Maryland? I am in Maryland, and here's one right here. Is it, oh, there you go. Still, she's still in the country. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Maryland. Um, this is a little bantam. Um, but I'm on five over five acres, almost six. So Look at that. I'm I'm, I'm we have a KMA like, first chicken on 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 KMA. Yeah, Talk. I don't think we've ever had a chicken. No, that's my little one. She she always jumps up. Um, one of the big ones will jump up soon. Um, but she always jumps up, and she's destroyed a computer for me. Um, when she jumped up, she knocked the glass of uh, juice in the uh, computer. Totally lost everything. Uh, yeah, oh, she no. 
when I have a purse or a bag, she's in the bag trying to figure out what's going on. Um, she's nosy. That's little mama. And she's the leader of the pack, too. She's the smallest, but the leader. When did you get your first chicken as a pet? Um, When I got divorced. <laughs> oh, you, you, figure, you figure you upgrade ex-husband to a chicken? <laughs> that Was that an upgrade? Uh, it was more company. <laughs> yeah, it was, he was always gone and out. So this was more company. Um, the kids went away to their dad's house for the first time. And I, I lived on this acres and I was by myself going, what am I going to do? And I, um, most people in your position think dog and cat. How did you get the chicken? So I live near uh, uh, every other piece of land near me. This is old farm country. Is a there's a cow farm over there. Um, there's goats over here. There's pigs down the street. So I'm I'm surrounded by farms, real large farms, and the the farm store is down the street. So I'm driving past the farm store, and it says, um, "We have chicks. Tell your peeps." All right, here comes another one. I'm gonna turn the camera because I don't want her to come so close because she's big. Where is she? Oh, oh wow! Yeah, that's a neck and neck. She's uh, she doesn't have feathers on her neck. Uh, that's that's think, weird. That's broke neck. They all have names. That's her name, broke neck. Huh. <laughs> broke neck. All right. Uh, and there's another neck and neck. Um, she's a little darker, but she has um, that's ODB. <laughs> 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 I don't see her. Yeah, but um, so Desiree, you've been you've been smoking cigars for quite a long time, right? Like, you, it, this isn't like you just got into it. No, I've been smoking cigars since in my twenties. I'm fifty now. <laughs> what, what, what came first, the chicken or the cigar? Oh, the cigars. I've been smoking since in my twenties. Um, the chicken. If you had a rim shot, time. Paul. That would have been a a rim shot moment. <laughs> what came first, the chickens or the cigars? Yes. <laughs> to put that on the t-shirt. <laughs> So I, I read an interview with you, Desiree, um, that you are – so you correct me if I'm wrong. You have a PhD? I did. Okay. So I read that you used to take as a consumer your cigar smoking kind of to like a new level, right? Like tell us about the fact finding that you did and like you used to take notes. Did you have like an Excel spreadsheet with all the different cigars you would smoke? What, what, what tobaccos were in it? T tell us about that. Yeah, I'm a little OCD with a lot of stuff, especially when I'm trying to understand something. Similar to you, I ask a lot of questions. Now there's like six up here. Sorry. <laughs> I ask a lot of questions. And um, when I, again, when I got divorced, before I was smoking and my husband and I used to go to the um, lounge and he used to go to the humidor, pick out cigars and say, hey, smoke that. So I started smoking six by sixties um, originally. Um, and when I divorced and I'm trying to figure out what to do with myself, oh, I used to go to cigar lounges. So I went to cigar lounge and the guy is, um, Hey, we here come in the humidor. I'm like, Oh, what is all of this here? I never even really went into the humidor. So I'd never really experienced all of oh, So you just smoked what you were handed, whatever, whatever he brought to oh, you, you smoked. Yeah. So, um, and they were always um, full body six by sixty cigars, so that's what I started smoking. Um, wow! But when I um, and he was in the um, navy, so he started smoking when, um, like in his twenties as well. So it, when I started trying to smoke, he's sh showing me all this, and I was like, I have no clue. 
give me one of those big ones right there that's real dark. And so that's how. And so he was telling me all of these um, other um, cigars and telling me different sizes and stuff. So I, I grabbed a few others and went home and started looking them up. And I was like, oh, there's different tobacco in here. So I started writing it down so I could remember which ones I liked and which ones I didn't like. And this grew into a over 200 um, cigar spreadsheet with wrapper uh, binder filler because he had to educate me on wrapper binder fillers um, and you know what they were. And then I started having to read up on you know where the flavors come from and all this other stuff. Um, and so by the time I was done, I was like, okay, I like Habanos, I, I like um, a little spice. Um, and so I knew exactly which cigars I like and why I like them. Uh, for the most part um there were some variations in there okay 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 um variations in there um she's down here and she wants me to throw her food so she's squatting yeah <laughs> um so it, it, it just i lost it like about three months ago when little mama came and dumped um, my soda in my computer and i was like so oh no uh, oh okay okay go away now she's pecking me. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I lost the whole thing. So I was totally sick um, because I everything in my computer go away, Lucy. Um, so I'm just kind of sad about it. I might start all over because I really um, relied on that spreadsheet when I was um, making the five that you have here, um, my original five, and I relied on the spreadsheet um, a little bit when we were doing the homicidal hand. Um, our sixth cigar. So it, it helped with what I, what I liked, what I didn't like, and things of that nature. Okay. Uh -huh. I want to get into your cigars and blends after the break. I, I still want to dig deep a little bit about you and how you got into cigar duty. So what exactly were you doing professionally before you even conceived of making your own cigars? Um, I'm a program manager for NASA. Um, oh. Yeah, I did you know? Uh, I, did you know Omar DeFries? I had no clue. It wasn't until I told one of my girlfriends at work, "Hey, I'm gonna do cigars," and she said, "Oh, like Omar." I was like, "Who's Omar?" And so I had to look him up. And still um, say that we were in the same building. Um, <laughs> we there a month difference because he, when I came to NASA, I think he was leaving, and we were there about a month. Um, and he was on the, okay. I believe. Nine floor and I was on the sixth floor. So okay, little mama, go away. That was a great side shot right there. Yeah, yeah. it really was. I'm, it, di it, I'm dying. It almost looked like a computer effect. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're working for NASA, you're you're an avid cigar smoker. Um at what point do you get it in your head that I'm gonna make some of my own cigars? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, it was just to make cigars for myself, not to sell cigars. That was never an Were you inspired by that because you weren't happy with what you're smoking? Or did you, were you just curious as to see what you could create for yourself? So fast forward a little bit. Um, I'm in a new relationship um, and um, we are engaged and we're you know traveling a lot. And I, I, I OCD, we just remember that every time I tell you things, something that's crazy. Um, when we go places, I used to um, write down all of the cigar lounges and shops in the area so that we can go and experience the cigar life in different places. So wherever right. we 
or I could bring up this, you know, she can go, hey, let's go here, or hey, let's do this, or, you know, so we were in Florida, and I um, said, hey, here's a cigar shop that I looked up, it looked very interesting, they roll their own, let's go, and it was like a little storefront, for the most part, and um, when we went there, they were really accommodating, they were super cool, they were telling us about their cigars, and um, and how they roll them, and they had a, a one or two rollers in the front at the moment. And then when um, he said, I can roll any cigar you have, I said, well, what leaves do you have? And I was kind of shocked that I even knew, you know, to ask the question. And so he started telling me about the leaves. So I had a little bit of knowledge because I had the spreadsheet on what I liked. So I told him what I wanted to roll. So he rolled it, um, and we smoked the cigar and absolutely fell in love with it. And I said, look. If I buy 200 of these cigars from you, can you give me a better price? He said, yeah, I'll give you a better price. I said, okay, I'm going back to my hotel room. We're going to smoke these cigars. I'll be back in the morning. So I came back in the morning, and um, he had about 50 of them done. They were rolling them. I said, look, I want to do some other blends with you because we both smoke cigars, and they're getting expensive. If I promise you 500 of them, can I get a better deal? He said, yes. I said, okay, we fly home in a couple of days, and I'm going to call you, and we're going to work out some blends. So, you know, I'm smoking two to three cigars a day. He's smoking two to three cigars a day. And um, that's when we were like, one of us has to quit because our smoking habit is getting expensive. So we thought that this was a way to have quality cigars at a better price point for us. And so we worked with um, the guys at the shop for about six months, maybe longer. And we came up with the five blends you have here, um, the DCO, which is the full body, which- um, So when you created these five blends, mm -hmm. you created five different blends for your own personal consumption. For our, yeah, for the two of us, yep. Because I like to smoke different things at different times for different reasons. So <laughs> did you give me did you give him an order for 500 of five different blends or a hundred of each of the each blend oh no we had a hundred of each blend okay yeah we had a hundred of each blend um to start with and uh it went from that to uh oh give me 200 of each blend and it went from that to hey we're starting a business <laughs> now when you went up to 200 with each blend was that because you were consuming more or did you find you were giving a lot away giving a lot away because um, when we go to lounges, people say, hey, what's that white band with the number one on it or number two? And I, oh, this is just our blend, um, something that we created. Oh, here, have one. And it would just, we just, you know, go to the lounge and people ask and we just gave it to them because we had a hundred of them. <laughs> it was no big deal. So um, we really loved them. So we re-upped to the 200 um, of each and we um, didn't have a place for it. So you know those old um, refrigerators you have at the dorms? Um, so yeah. I had a couple of those and we stuck them in there and we decided that, hey, we didn't have enough room. So we underneath the steps, um, we put a door and um, drywalled it in and created that as the humidor space and took the kids old um, toy box and made from Ikea. And that was our shelving and stuff in there. Uh, wow. <laughs> creative. Yeah. So we utilized that for a long time. And so for and no, no idea like no no reasoning behind it that you would eventually start a company obviously this is just for personal consumption for friends for family whatever this for personal consumption friends and family people that asked um for the most part it was never even 
thought, nothing close to, oh, we're going to start a business. It was just, hey, these are great cigars. Um, we get five of them and we can smoke it, you know, what we like. And it's really great price point. What's, what was the time frame between we're making cigars for ourselves personally and we're going to make this a business? Uh, it's over a year because um, I think it was 2017 we started and we didn't um, actually, uh, it took us about six months plus to come up with the blends. So we we're in 2018 and then we decided, uh, then my friends come over and we call the place a drunk chicken because they said that our chickens look drunk um, while we're sitting there getting drunk. Um, so we thought it was funny and we called the place the Drunk Chicken, Welcome to the Drunk Chicken. And we put a big plaque um, up over there. And um, then we started to um, get the cigars, smoke the cigars. So it's about a year and a half before we even um, you know, thought about uh, having our own um, brand. And, and then I had to research could I even sell these? So I had to go to a few lounges um, and ask them, hey, would you sell this cigar? And I started giving them various different ones and they loved all of them. And then I went out town and um, asked people, not just in my area, um, if they would smoke the cigar. And and so it, it, it they loved it. And so we started researching, hey, is this the right place to make the cigars? Uh, and we went to a whole lot of different manufacturers asking um, about manufacturing and it just came back to we love these cigars and the price point um, we negotiated the price point down to where we could be able to sell them busted by Quentin Thor Nation oh I didn't even see busted you're on mute Alex oh have I been muted this whole time I didn't realize yeah <laughs> yeah, Quentin's in the middle of a game. Busted by Quentin's ordination. It's called castling, so, Quentin. So what was what was your what was the catalyst, Desiree? Like did somebody say something to you? Did you did you have friends that were like, you should be selling these? Why are you just hoarding them to yourself? Like what who who pushed you in that direction? What was the moment when you decided when you guys were like, maybe we should sell these? Yeah, actually, um, when we go, go away, Lucy, when we went to the um, cigar lounges and we gave them to some you know, local friends that we hang out with at yeah. the cigar lounge, and they were, oh, you really should sell these. These are great cigars. I would buy it in a heartbeat. And, I, and we heard it enough that we started to research it. Um, and and they, you know, people started to push us. Hey, let me get another one of your cigars. You have any? I'll pay you for them. When people started saying they'll pay us for okay, we need to really look into that. Um, <laughs> right. so, yeah. Are the current five blends still be are still are they still rolled at the original place where you went in and made your had your cigars made? Yes. Because you mentioned you talked with a couple of manufacturers, so I wasn't sure if you changed where the cigars are being made. Uh, so when we uh, so I had some um, not so great experiences and some great experiences when talking with other um, manufacturers. When I spoke with um, manufacturers in the um, Nicaragua, I always felt like. They were telling me I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, they could blend better than me. And I was like, well, I like these blends. Can you, you know, I'll give you these blends. Can you do something similar? No, we can do it better. But I was like, how do you know you can do it better? You haven't even tried these. So it, it got really, really frustrating for me. Um, so I was like, okay, forget you. Um, and then when it was the Dominican, uh, some, some similar um, 
experience. Oh, okay. We're going to stop that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. We we asked to have the chickens out. We asked to have the chickens out. Just so you know, Desiree, that's exactly how we have every pre KME meeting with Paul and his kids. We're totally used to this. Stop it. They come in like once because they want to say hi. My kids love Abe for some reason. They've they've met Abe a couple times in their life, and they're always like, Is that Mr. Abe? Paul, we've had KMA meetings where you were cooking dinner and changing diapers at the same time. Yeah, well, that's when we delayed meetings. We were supposed to have it at four o'clock. And we ended up having it at six, and Stephanie was working. So, yeah, that has <laughs> happened. Yes. Hey, life goes on, right? Well, you asked life for this. Give me food in the because I fed them, so they have everything out the bowl now. So they are uh-uh. actually took it out the bowl, threw it on the ground, and now they're coming back for more. <laughs> I just want you to know that this is not an un- unusual feeling for us. We're very. <laughs> We're very well worse than this guy. We can maneuver well Absolutely. Yes. Oh, so, wow. so, anyways, you were telling us some of the manufacturers were not receptive and they wouldn't really give you credit for making a blend and insisted that they could make a blend better That's than what you had designed. They could make it better. Um, the process that I was using, um, they told me there's no way that I'm doing that. They are um, giving me something off the shelf. They did everything to tell me that what I was doing was wrong. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. So I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, are you able to, you know, do it the same? And they were like, no, we can't do that. And they're not doing that either. I'm like, well, they are because I'm there looking at them do it. I'm there watching them do it. What are they claiming they're not doing? So um, our experience, what's different from Drunk Chicken Scars from most um, uh, manufacturers, wholesale manufacturers, that we are giving you the fresh rolled experience. They're rolling cigars within, um, you're getting it from roll to your um, shelf within two months, within two weeks to a month, um, where most um, companies want to have it um, six, six weeks eight weeks before I would even get it. it um, and then um, I will be able to send it to you. Um, so I am I'm getting it right away where they're saying, no, um, you're not doing that. I'm like, yeah, we are. So they're saying, no, they couldn't do that. Okay. Come on, you're coming. This is definitely the most unique KMA show we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's uh, Ray, if it's too much for you being outside, we're coming on a break in 15 minutes if you want to relocate yeah. for your own well, comfort. Well, I'll, I'll throw them some, when we come in a break, I'll throw them some deer corn and they'll go in a different direction when I throw it in different, because the food is right here, that's where they're going to stay. But once I throw it in right. a different direction, they'll run away and leave me alone for the most part. And if it does just, get too much, just, I'll go inside. <laughs> just like most men. Could <laughs> <laughs> it distract them? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you, you're saying that the manufacturer that you're using now rolls the cigars, you have them immediately. They don't, they don't sit to rest anywhere or, or they don't take a, a period of time. Is the, I guess the, I assume the tobacco is already fermented, right, Abe, at that point? Yeah. When they're rolling. We're either buying it or we're resting it ourselves um, before we roll them. Um, so we buy our tobacco. 90% of it is from Oliva Tobacco right now. Uh, so 
and only the, only the tobacco only family. The tobacco family. Yes. Yes. Who we've had on the show. Great guys. We need to get yes, them back so, on, actually. Yes. I you know what? I they randomly I talked to them uh, about a month ago because they asked me a question about one of the guests we had on. So I I'll reach out to them. Yeah, so 90% of our tobacco is from Oliva Tobacco. Um, and so we roll right there. We are looking at other sources. Um, our Mexican San Andreas right now is coming from Mexico. Um, so we do have to rest that before we roll. Um, but the other ones, because we're buying it um, already fermented, we're, we're good to roll. Where are you doing all of this? Are they doing it at that shop for you? Um, yes and no. <laughs> There's two shops now. Uh, and there's nine rollers versus the two rollers, and we're um, do, we're cranking out close to 200 boxes a week now. How many how many stores are you in? Uh, close to 400, if not over. I stopped counting, um, and we're in Europe as well. Oh, and in, and how, how long have you been selling your cigars? Um, we started our first exact sale um, was January 22nd. We delivered our first um, two stores on the same day, one in Alabama, one here in Maryland, um, 2019. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, 2020. Okay, stop it. The, the year of COVID. The year of COVID. Year of COVID, yeah. started in COVID. Wow. That's very impressive. Yeah. Um, right now we have such a backlog and it just continues to grow and grow. Um, so I am trying to, I know we're going in the slow season right now, so I'm very, very thankful for that um, because we'll be able to catch up on our, all our back orders. But also mm -hmm. I'm looking at, okay, um, we need to get either more rollers or we need to um, figure out um, other manufacturing options. Did was this your first PCA trade show? No, it was my second. So you were there until you were there the year after COVID in uh, 2021. Yeah. Okay. Um, very, it really is a, a very impressive. Paul, I mean, I'd be shocked, but you wouldn't happen to have any imagery of the boxes loaded, would you? Uh, no, but we have this. It, 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 it almost, it, it's, well, oh. we are pretty sure we were going to get there. Oh, but, um, <laughs> But it, it sounds like almost reminds me of like my experience in Kyocho, almost like you're offering in a box. You know, you go down there, you go into a factory and, and you know, and you're smoking those cigars right off the table. Maybe just got rolled a couple of days. You know, it sounds like you're almost providing that experience in a box that, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's her blend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um my blend right off the um, right off the factory floor for the most part, um, and it really, um, especially since PCA, it I get um, cigars delivered weekly, and um, well, we have a distributor now, so the distributor gets um, cigars um, delivered weekly, and we are, and they're shipped out the same the next day. Um, they're gone. So, so I have a question for you. So. In all my years of seeing cigars being made and being involved in, you know, developing a couple of blends and wines, um, I've just always seen it that cigars have sat before they shipped it. Even when we made our Raji cigar, uh, we've drove down seven months before the cigar was released. And I showed my dad where the cigars were being aged in the El Detente Bronze Factory here in Little Havana. Um, what, 
what gave you the notion that it didn't have to be that way? And what, I mean, why do you think that every other manufacturer kind of does let the cigars melt and age after being rolled for a certain period of time? And why do you think that that's an unnecessary process? I didn't say it was an unnecessary process. I just said oh. this was Okay, so um, okay. I think well, you know, that- it's, 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 Listen, I've met a few people who said that they enjoy a cigar right off the rolling bench. There are some I, people that feel that that's not ready to smoke, but there are. I, I've met many people. Um, I met many people uh, in my career who loved to have a cigar right off the rolling table. Yeah. So um, when I had the experience of having it right off the rolling table, that the time that I had it with the um, guys um, in Florida was the first time that I ever had it. Um, I felt like the cigar, and here's one that's less than a month old. I felt the cigar wasn't hard. I, can you see it? Yes. Okay. I felt the cigar wasn't hard. I, I liked the feel of it. I liked the way it smoked. I liked everything about it. Um, this is Sweet Dreams. Um, when I was um, smoking it. So it's, it's, it's a different experience for me because when I go to a shop and um, get a cigar, it's been, uh, it seems to be harder. Um, it's, it's, um, the smoking experience is not always the same for me. So I, this is what I enjoy. I made them for me. Um, I never made them to sell. So uh, when people buy them, it definitely, I tell them, hey, these are fresh rolled cigars for the most part. Um, this is what you're getting. You're not getting aged cigars. So I'm not trying to deceive anybody. This is just what I enjoy. So I'm giving you um, the experiences that I, uh, I have. And the biggest, the biggest pushback you got from any other manufacturer you talked to was they just didn't want to send you cigars that were rolled right away. Exactly. Well, that was one of them, or I didn't know what I was doing because I wanted to blend my own. I never wanted to have somebody else sell. Well, here's something that um, I had this experience quite a few times. Well, we have some great cigars on the shelf that other manufacturers didn't want that we could send you. Well, why would I want somebody else's losing cigar? Um, I want to blend my <laughs> own cigar. And um, so that we, we I've had many of those conversations Um I want to blend my own. Well, I can blend it better. We have a master blender. Yeah, okay. I mean, he could blend cigars for himself. But if you're going to blend it for me, I want to blend it. And so it, it became um, such a headache. I just said, forget it. And um, I even looked at um, some other manufacturers here in the U.S. Um, uh, and it just, it just for me, it was, um, they were a win all the way around. Easy, easy to communicate, easy to deal with. I just couldn't ask for a better um, teammate right now. I guess part of my question here at this point is, if you were already making cigars blend, blended uh, for you to enjoy personally, what was the reason in even going to talk to other manufacturers about making the cigars that were already being made for you, which you knew you liked? Um, well, you know, I, I guess I'm a researcher in nature. You, you never just go with the first quote. You always have to have three quotes. <laughs> um, you also have to make sure you have the right price point. Um, just because I love these cigars doesn't mean that I won't love something else. Um, I love other cigars. Um, I smoke other cigars besides my own. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I had the right fit because if I'm going to do it, I'm in for long haul. So I'm going to have to deal with that, that person or that company for a long time. So personalities. I don't want anybody um, that I'm going to have a difficult time every time I need to talk to them. I want to be able to have an easy conversation, um, right price point, and, um, and the right blend. And, and like I said, I, 
I'm a researcher at heart, so we always have to have more than one quote. It's actually a very common mistake of young entrepreneurs or beginning entrepreneurs. They get locked into something and think that's the only way things can be done. So kudos right, to right. that, you know, you wanted to go out and see how other things could be, you know, what your options were. I always like and to, know to keep up with demand. It, it sounds like demand is is kind of, you know, you have back orders now. So I guess it, it, it behooves you to look at other options to make the cigars the way that they're being made on a larger scale. Right. And that's what I'm doing right now um, is looking at. Uh, all right. So I have these six different blends and it's four, it equates to 14 different faces. And with 14 different faces, that means we have 14 different um, cigars, sizes, blends to make every single week. And it is becoming we, we're not keeping up with demand right now. And that's because we have such a back order. Um, and so now I have to do more research um, again and uh, open up my book if I had it. It's no longer my computer because of the chicken. But um, try to remember who I spoke with and say, okay. Who were um, like some of the top runners, and can we have another conversation? Because they hopefully they can see, okay, I'm successful at what I'm doing. So can you? We have another open conversation. So that's kind of what I've been um, having those type of conversations um, lately, uh, because I do I know where I am, and I know that I have to uh, come up with other avenues, something different. Do you talk about, I don't know, and maybe I'm, I'm stepping on some, do you talk about what, what store this is? What, who manufactures the cigars or no? I do not. Um, is and it, the number one it's reason, in Florida? It's in Florida. That's all I ever say. And everyone says Miami. No, it's not Miami. And then they go with Tampa. No, it's not Tampa, but that's as far as I go. <laughs> but the reason So it's not that, in Miami and it's not in Ebor. No. Wow. Okay. And the number huh. one reason I don't tell is because as soon as I say um, it's in Orlando, which is not, but if I say it's in Orlando, everyone's going to be they'll moving. know who, and then they're going to want to they're going to start trying to get their um, thing manufactured, which they will accept. Um, but I'm already in the back order, so I don't want to create more of a backlog than I already have. Um, so hopefully okay. one day we can become partners and I can say hey this is you know X Y and Z store that we jointly own and we're jointly doing together that's what I want to do um, and I've approached them about it but we'll see mm. we have I a question about the country of origin but I figure we'll talk about that after the break right Abe when we talk about the blend specifically yeah that's, yeah well yeah sure um, I'm, you're selling your house. I assume you're selling it because you're moving to Florida. I am. There you go. Get out of that cold, girl. Well, <laughs> get out the cold and get serious about my company. Um, you know, like I said, I told you what I wanted to do. So if I'm going to do that, I need to be serious about it. I need to be where it is. I need to be, um, part of the making of the sausage. She's absolutely right. You know, many, many years ago, I wrote a treatment and we had a pilot episode for a show that was actually called Kiss My Ash. Um, we met with Damon Wayans and Don Rio, his producer of My Wife and Kids and MASH at the time. Went out to Hollywood. We met in actually Little Italy and had a dinner at Rayo's with Damon and his father. And it never happened. And I said, really, kind of one of the reasons why it never happened, I guess, is really kind of got to be out in California. And it's really yeah. hard to do those kind of projects from Florida when everything's happening over there so kudos to you i think it's gonna be a great move on your part 
Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to have more with Desiree from Drunk Chicken Cigars after this. We're going to put our musical acumen to the test in our Name That Jam session presented by Alvo Cigars. We're going to find out about her five blends. Coop is back this week to give us the scoop on what is going on in industry news. And, of course, we're going to ask Desiree what she'd rather do. All coming up in hour number two of KMA Talk Radio. Keep it lit. Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Carenas. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carenas features a Nicaraguan wrapper cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carenas in the Toro size received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. The St. Louis Ray Carenas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carenas. Cancel in perpetuity now part of KMA Talk Radio. Honest Abe here. He's like a KMA contributor now. He is a KMA contributor. Yeah. Actually, that that phenomenal is the best segment to go to break with. That should just be like you know that's the time when you know it's break time. <laughs> uh, you should see all the com. Did you see all the comments when I played it? Everybody's yeah. like, yes, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, the KMA crew here uh, broadcasting episode number four seventy three live from sunny South Florida with our special guest today. Desiree, I, I didn't, Paul, pronunciation, Sylvia? Silver. 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 Desiree Silver of Drunk Chicken Cigars. Is she here? She's wrangling she, the chickens. She's, she's wrangling the chickens. chickens. Yeah, she's wrangling she's the chasing, chicken. She's chasing chickens. I love when we have first-time guests like this, man. It's interesting to me. It's cool to get to know her because, like, the more research I did on her, like, the, you know, found out that she had a PhD. She works at, you told me she worked at NASA. I didn't know that. I didn't find that. Out. Here she is. She's back. I'm telling you, NASA better look out, man. NASA better look out, man. It looks like they're having like a, a exodus of people getting in the cigar industry. <laughs> True. So have you met? Have you met or spoken with Omar since you found out that you both worked at NASA? Great question. I have. Um, I met him at PCA last year. Um, and we uh, had a great he does this. He does this with me, and I'm just curious, you know. Does he look down at you when he's talking to you a lot? <laughs> <laughs> he's so tall. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a great guy. Down. We've had him on the show a few times. 
I cannot find a lighter that works. I, oh no! I always have a feeling he's talking down to me. <laughs> what he's like six 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 or something like that, right? He's huge. Yes. He's, he's huge. huge. Well, we're yeah, gonna start um, off hour number two testing your musical acumen. I, I, I you like music? Are you, are you into music? Yeah, I like music. All right, this is very simple. It's kind of like a name that tune Shazam thing. We're gonna play three seconds of a song, Desiree. And we're gonna see if you're gonna be able to name that jam. And this is a segment brought to you by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars. Are you ready, Desiree? All right, ready. All right, let's see if you can name that jam. It's real simple. Three seconds of a song. You can play it. If you need to play it, replay it for you, let us know. We're going to see if we can name this jam. All right. Oh, that's a hard That's a hard No one. sound comes on when you guys go away. No sound really? came on? I, I don't hear. No Let's sound try it again. goes on when you guys that's go away. Let's try one. it again. Okay. I don't even recognize the beat. Do you, Paul? When you go away, it tells No, I don't know what sounds. the hell it is. She's not getting sound. It's weird. Yeah, every well, time you go the away, it's, there's a little screen that tells me to tap for sound. So I no audio when you do, do that. Well, we're going to play one more time and tap that, see if you get the sound this time. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Uh-huh. She's saying no. That's the first. Yeah, that's well, the first time. But I, I have some people that are guessing. You want me to put their guesses up? Yeah, I, I wish I, I would have heard their it. Guesses. OJ's, OJ's, yeah, Friday. Operator. But that song, I have no idea. <laughs> that song didn't ring a bell at all. Well, let's see. It's what not in the still of the night either. Let's, let's let's see what the song is. What they do? They smile in your face all the time. They wanna take your place. The backstabbers, backstabbers. I guess they were right. They had a lot of people that were right. House guest backstabbers. Well, Desiree, we can't say you really didn't name that jam because you couldn't hear the song, but. It was the Backstabbers by the OJs, once again brought to you by the fine folks. And Elvis Cigars, eloquently making orchestral symphony music with cigars. Thank you, fine folks. Huh. I probably wouldn't have guessed it. So <laughs> I'm going to go with oh, I, did, I didn't guess it. <laughs> I definitely didn't know it. Normally, like even though I don't know the song, I recognize the beat, but I just can't nail it down. I didn't even recognize the beat on that one. I don't know the song. Yeah, I know the OJs, but I don't know you that know song. The song? Never did I heard the song. Never. You never heard the song either? You never heard Backstabbers by the OJs? No. 
Man, this is Alex every week when he picks it and it's your song. Are you, How are do you not know your that? song? The back backstabbers by OJ's. You know what? I'm fine. I'll just stick to Leonard Skinner every week. And you know, you guys <laughs> like, yeah, listen, I'll I'm pick sure. off the that I can oh, name. I had no complaints about your musical choices. This is just one I happen not to know. Yeah, you've had some really good picks. This is just one I just don't happen to know. But I'm not. You know, I'm not. I, feel like I don't it's put been myself TV too. I'm just surprised yeah. you've never heard that. Abe. You probably it's a, have. It's a huge. I, I don't put myself as a huge guy in musical trivia, but you know, I could. If you gave me ten clips like that of Billy Joel songs, I could Dan, name every Dan single. Said it must be a Philly thing. I, I wanted to say it, but I always say that. It might be a Dan. Dan didn't know it either. I guess. I mean, well, technically, the OJs are from Ohio, but the team that did the music for the OJs is MFSB, Mother, Father, Sister, Brother, from Gamble and Health, Philadelphia. So I guess maybe it is a Philly thing. Well, that was uh, you guys who don't know, backstabbers should have their musical what? License revoked. (laughs) Don't have a musical license. (laughs) There's nothing to revoke. Never claim. I can't fully pronounce words this morning. Like I just couldn't even yes. say musical. I don't. It came out like so jumbled this morning. Yeah, he's still a little fog. It'll take you a day. I am yeah. still. If you, fog. if you didn't tell us this story, I would literally be like telling you you should go to a hospital right now because I'm having a stroke. It seems wrong. Yeah, I didn't want to say it out loud. But. <laughs> even the stuff that happened last night is like a blur. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh, well, anyway. could be a wife. You, that is some super, super strong stuff, man. I, I just can't <laughs> fathom that they give that stuff to human beings or that human beings take it like willingly. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I, mean, I don't know if she like messed with me on purpose or gave me like a mega dose, but that is just, I mean, it's been, it's been over 24 hours. I'm still feeling phased by it. I know this isn't the topic of the show, but I just want to throw this out there because I have a colleague that went on a trip to do this. Would you would you ever consider taking ayahuasca? Hell yeah! Is that Hell like yeah. is that like uh, peyote out in the thing? Yes, yeah. Listen, but, it's, but it's like peyote times a billion apparently. Listen Hell me. yeah! Listen to me. There's a difference when you're going somewhere for a weekend and you're mentally into this and you're <laughs> prepping and you're gonna trip on something and have a good time than when you wake up from a procedure whacked out of your mind. You know, you go into a hospital thinking you're going to check out and go home. You know, like I told Alex, ah, yeah, I might feel better. I might see you later in the afternoon. And then you come out whacked. Like the most <laughs> whacked you've ever been in your life. I don't know, man. It sounds yeah, every dude, listen, person that I, I know that is- yesterday at 1230. I even asked for oh, his procedure was at like seven. I'm like, all right. That means he's been like chill for three hours. Give him some he literally time. said to me, dude, I just literally came back to reality like 10 minutes ago. And, yeah, I, like- still, and I still can barely walk. Yeah, and I said, getting back to reality means I can complete sentences now when I talk. (laughs) Now, getting back to reality, I can actually have a semi-conversation. That's funny because your assistant texted me at one point and she's like, "Uh, Abe's going to need at least till four to do the meeting. But I was at the doctor's office with Axel (laughs) and at four o'clock, you still would have been loopy. Oh, I was, I mean, like I said, I'm even loopy this morning. I'm finding myself talking and not being able to pronounce words a lot. Was he nice at least, Alex? He was what he was just he was out of it. Yeah, he was out of it. He's just very out of it. Because when Abe has a couple ah, of drinks, like when the drinks hit him, he's really like he's nice. 
he becomes yeah, very nice. So I wonder if he was no. you know, <laughs> tranquilizing a horse, literally. Literally. <laughs> oh, man. All I right. Missed it. I missed it. Let's get back to the guest at hand, Desiree Silver, Drunk Chicken Cigars. Now, we talked about in the first hour of the show, you have five different blends. And you used to label them one through five. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now, is that how you gave them to that your was- friends? Which one through five, or did you actually start selling them with one through five labels? Uh, no, I gave them to my friends with one through five. By the time okay. um, we started selling, we had a name of a company because originally the name of the company was supposed to be Mad Dog, I think, or Crazy Dog, something dog. Um, and I went to New York, just again, investigating, uh, making sure that I had the right place. Went to Martinez because that was another place um, that rolled cigars. And... Um, David there, um, and I believe they're doing their own thing now, too, so kudos to them. And he says, well, what's the name of your company? I told him Mad Dog, and he goes, well, why is that? Tell me the story behind it. I was like, I don't know. I just need a name for the company. So he's like, that is not the name of your company. You need another name. And Rico and I um, was like, he says, it got to be something that means something to you. And we looked at each other and said, drunk chicken at the same time. And and, um, David says, I don't know what that means, but that's the name of your company. And so he said, tell me the story behind that. So we were telling him um, about it, and, and it ended up, I said, well, let me see if the URL is available. And it was, so it ended up being the name. Now tell us about the five different blends you have. All right, so um, we um, have a full body, three mediums, and a mild. Um, the full body, well, we have two full bodies now, so we have six. But the first one is the Drunk Chicken Original. I'm smoking that one right now. It's our purple band. Every A lot of people just goes with colors. Each one is a different color. It's Mexican San Andreas um, with Nicaraguan Lajero filler. That, yep, that's it. Um, and it comes in three different sizes. Um, and the binder on all of the cigars are Ecuadorian. So that's why I just, as I go through. Um, then I have the Mother Clucker. That was number two. And that is Mother Clucker. That Mother Clucker, that's that rooster, um, Midnight, that used to fight me all the time. Every time I went to go try to feed them, um, he would try to fight me. And I would go, that Mother Clucker, that Mother Clucker, get away, you Mother Clucker. Because I had kids, and I didn't want to be cussing. And um, so I came in the house one day, and my daughter said, that Mother Clucker um, fights you again? I said, uh, yeah. So I had to use that name. Um, the Mother Clucker um, is a, a Habano with Ecuadorian binder, Ecuadorian filler. Um, then we have the Fat Hen, um, which originally only came in the Shorty Torpedo because I made that one specifically um, so that when I went to work and NASA got on my nerves, I could go outside, have a 45-minute smoke, and go back in and not have to kill anybody. So I needed something... <laughs> <laughs> to um, just to chill out and be by myself, and no one would be around because I'm smoking a cigar. So I really um, love that fat hand. And the fat hand is one of your medium. It's one of your medium bodied cigars. It is, yeah. Um, the mother cluckers um, is like more spicy, more heavy on the cedar spice. Um, the fat hand is um, mellows out. It has the same Habano medium wrapper, um, and it has um, the Ecuadorian, but it added some Dominican, so it smooths it out. Not heavy on the cedar, light spice, light cedar, really creamy, really delicious. Um, the 
and I like the mother plucker because I love the red wine and it that's cedar and spice is just it's light spice it's not heavy like a uh, white pepper it goes so well at bringing out the flavors of my red wine so that's why I enjoy that one um then we have the living the dream it is medium in strength but it's extra smooth it has the habano light wrapper on it and right there's that one I have a lancero in that one and it has uh all Dominican it's a banner light with all Dominican and it's real smooth, real light uh, um, smoke it's one of those ones that you smoke three or four cigars or early morning or you want to just not have something that's going to hit your head um, but it is medium in strength um, when you smoke it um, and people that tell me oh I like um, Cuban, only Cuban cigars, that one's for you you just like a light smoke <laughs> um, and then I have uh, the Sweet Dreams uh, which is a sweet tip cigar. Uh, it is a Connecticut wrapper uh, with uh, Nicaraguan, but that sweet tip gives it cocoa vanilla flavoring when you smoke it. It's great. So that one's a sweet love, tip. That's a sweet tip cigar right there. Huh? That one is a sweet tip. Yes, it's sweet tip. So it's cocoa, vanilla, those people that like flavors, um, but not like uh, it's a sweet tooth. It's not a candy. Um, cigar, it just gives you great mellow cocoa vanilla flavor. Allison, I was literally saying the same thing in my head before you typed it when she said uh, cedar and spice. I was literally saying the same thing. Cedar and spice and everything nice. And what yeah. what, what, what what's left? How many more do we have left? I'm losing track. Sorry. Just homicidal hen is the last one. Is that's the one that I the homicidal made. hen? Should we even ask yeah. what the story behind this name is? I love the art. So um, chickens, hens normally don't attack. But I had a hen that would act like a rooster would attack. Um, so I was always, you, you have a, your homicidal tendencies here. Um, because any anything that attacks me in my own house becomes dinner. <laughs> um, so um, I, I typically will not at all harm my chickens i love them they're pets but when you start attacking me and i feel like i can't even feed you then i have a problem we have a problem so um yeah she was she was homicidal and uh so i just love that when i said that's homicidal hand i just felt that it was amazing name and so we used that one and that one is a broadleaf pennsylvania broadleaf with um nicaraguan um double ahero it is amazing smoke Paul, can you bring up the artwork on that band for a second? I had a question. Yeah. I'm looking at the ribbons at the bottom. You've got the name Hamasala Hen. You have first on the left and ED on the right. What is that? First edition? Oh, first edition. Got it. Yeah. Now I see it. I thought maybe ED was part of a word I couldn't see. No, is that first what edition. she looked like? Yeah, pretty much. That is actually a true picture of her, but I exaggerated really? a little. All the pictures on the bands are pictures of the chicken, except for the DCO. That's the only one that's not a picture of one of the chickens that I exaggerated, cartooned, um, and used as a band. The huh, fat hen was fat. Cool. Yeah, um, the rooster is on um, the mother clucker was midnight. That's the one that always fought me. The homicidal hen. Um, I just called her homicidal because she kept um, attacking. So she didn't actually end up with a name. 
the um, Sweet Dreams just had some chicks that were really cute um, that I just took pictures of. So, yeah, I use the pictures oh. um, that I take. Michelle, I feel like I've been in bed for over 36 hours. <laughs> Literally. Um, but the show must go on. So, Paul <laughs> prematurely put up one of your photos from your trade show this year. He put up this uh, chicken suit that someone was wearing at your trade show. Um, how did that work out? I'm just curious how you know, did you get any feedback from other people at the show about this? like sign walker in a chicken suit that was basically at the trade show. I thought it was pretty neat. I mean, I definitely saw your booth, never heard of your brand, uh, saw your booth, saw the chicken. How, how did that work out for you? Well, good news, bad news, as always. Um, there were people that, that told me, hey, I would never if I didn't see that chicken. Um, it was great. Um, I saw you from far away. It never Senior booth, and then I had a couple people tell me, you know, I didn't take you serious because I saw the guy in a chicken suit. Oh, we just lost her, she just ran away. Yeah, what how was that perceived by everyone else, Abe? Yeah, did you get any? Was there, did you see it, Abe? I'm assuming. No, I saw it, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, look, I'm walking around like a heat seeking missile at the trade show, right? I'm not, I know where I want to go. I want to get there. I'm, I'm literally trying to avoid having to talk to the plethora of people who are trying to reach us and maybe get their brand in our shop. But I saw her booth. I saw a chicken. So it definitely worked. Um, and then when she happened to be in the store, I, you know, if I didn't see that chicken, I wouldn't have known who she was or never heard of her at that point. Right. So it definitely worked. Um, I mean, look, you, you at these kind of things, you know, you have to do things differently. There's a lot going on. So um, I, I don't, I never look at an idea as a bad idea when it comes to stuff like that. You know, it definitely yeah. worked out for her. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it, I don't think it made her any less relative or less plausible as a brand owner having a chicken. I've seen worse. I mean, what's the difference in a chicken in all the years when people had, you know, scantily dressed women, or, or whatever. You know, yeah, sure. Mighty Cristo had the uh, the one Mighty Cristo Platinum came out. They had basically a nude model in their booth that was all all silvered up, that looked like a like painted. Yes, yeah, so she was like pure platinum. You know, so I, I don't see it any different than any of those tactics. In fact, it was probably yeah. Really, I don't. I I didn't know that that kind of thing. Like you know, I didn't. I don't. I've never been to the show, so it was a little more friendly and Disney esque, and probably more towards Paul's quality you know, standards. <laughs> I like it. Looks looks a little bit like the San Diego chicken. Yeah, a little bit. Desiree, do we have you back? Oops. No, we lost her. I'm gonna. I I just told her. I just told her that she should go inside. Go inside where the signal is better. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I don't see it being. You know, I'm sure there's. You know, plenty of other things that go on besides you know Jewish state has boost blasting music and you know so right right kudos she's back so I'm on my cell phone now I got rid of the iPad uh, this is better way better so what well, we were just saying that like was it was it something that was accepted by the rest of the uh, you know by the rest of the crowd because it's maybe not something that they've seen done before but Abe kind of said that he recognized you 
because of that. Like he w- probably wouldn't have gone to your booth if he hadn't seen it. Yeah, I had a lot of that, but then I also had a lot of well, it's kitschy. Um, um, I didn't, I didn't take you seriously. So there was a lot of um, there was negativity too, and then there was um, some complaints from other booths them saying that he needs to stay in his spot. Um, when there was rabbits walking around, <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, I, I didn't take anything um, too serious or, or take it to heart. At the end of the day, I have to do, be true to who I am and what I'm doing. Well, it's fun, uh, kitschy. Do you have a website where people, if they want to come and find a record locator, see where they can get your cigars? DrunkChickenCigars.com. <laughs> you got it ready. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I have some new um, things that I'm selling on the website and I just um, opened it up um, while we were on break and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So um, it was just sitting here in front of me. <laughs> Put it up there for everybody so they can see it. There you go. Yeah, drunk. All right. Yeah. Well, it's that time. Uh, always bring on our one of our favorite KMA contributors, see what he's got going on. If he had a Busy, interesting week in the news. We missed him last week as uh, Garrett Robertson graciously stood in for Coop. But it's time to see you, our man. See what this week, what the scoop with Coop is. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. There he is. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Good. How you doing, buddy? You know, Abe, I had the colonoscopy thing, and I told him I was a smoker, and they didn't knock me out with that type of stuff. I'll just tell you that. Listen to me. You're like a, you know, you're like a quarter Ronnie, of Abe's size. But listen to me. No, Ronnie's, but that, texting, me. Ronnie's yeah. texting me. Like, you know, pressing yeah. down. Like, I had no decision in this. This wasn't a fucking choice. Totally. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> Alex, you're still on mute. I, I, uh, I, I, I went to the hospital. They told me it was a simple procedure. Next thing I know, I woke up on ketamine. The, you know, there was a question. And Ryan's like, well, they never asked me if I smoke. Oh, what do you want me to do? Tell her, um, excuse me, man. But my friend in Detroit specifically said he's never been asked if he's smoke. Why are you asking me this question? I mean, I went in for a procedure. The woman asked me, do you smoke? I said, yes. And that was that. And I don't know why I had anything else that happened was decisions made. Well, I was under. Now, maybe they put me under coop because they were doing both at the same time. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but they put me under, and I woke up in a, in a shitstorm. I mean, it was <laughs> literally. Yeah, I mean, I, something completely out of my control. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I had to have it also for a, a cardio procedure, and uh, they was scope through putting the scope in there, and it was just the same thing. They didn't give me anything really heavy other than just normal stuff. So, I, I am a little surprised still. So, was Listen, that your first I, one? Was that your first one? Yeah, how do you think I felt? I woke okay, up. Yeah. I, I was about to wake up normal. I woke up oh like Wizard, Dorothy in the middle of Wizard Oz. Listen, I, I still got to give you credit. You answered the bell last night. You were on with Sokka. I, I mean, so good no, job. No. I mean, yeah, Steve I mean, can carry a show on his own. He, he's never <laughs> at a loss for words. That's true. Yep, that is absolutely true. Yep. It, you know, it's funny because I, I like now I'm a little bit more awake, but even like last night, it's just I'm I'm going through reflex motions like last night's episode is completely hazy for me i barely remember i know i did it i could barely remember doing it 
it happens. But I'm happens. telling you, from the way I woke up and how long that lasted, I really think it was a spiteful anesthesiologist. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I can't doubt you on that. I get. I always get worried about something like my I've wife. Never says, had that don't say luck. something nasty because they, they, they're you know they could do yeah, something. Yeah, I've never had that look. I go into medical things all the time. You smoke? Yes. Yeah. They ask him a question. Well, what do you smoke? How often do you smoke? This one looked at me like I was like I might as well have been like a Nazi concentration camp freaking uh, guy. I mean, like I thought she was ready to burn my bed while I was lying in it. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a Seinfeld episode. I'm like, is this for real? Have, you ever, met, have you ever met her before? Maybe, she, maybe you got on her wrong side. I have no idea. My God! Um, oh wow! I have, I have, I have no idea. Anyways, other than other than my unexpected trip and colostomy, what, <laughs> what, what, what's the news? What's the scoop? What's the, I can't even see it. What is the scoop this week, Coop? Well, all right. Um. Some big news was made this week, um, and I, I got to admit, when it comes to, like, single-store releases, they, they don't really do very well on Cigar Coop, but there's always a few exceptions. And combine this with NFTs, uh, hey, oh. the big news the big news on Coop, and I can tell you it was big news on Coop, uh, the NFT uh, project being done with Smoke In and Tatawahe Cigars. So I know you guys talked a lot about it last night, but uh, it made – it made a lot of headlines on Coop. I couldn't believe the traffic I saw on this thing this week. <laughs> um, it's funny because it is news because everybody's talking about it. We were even, you know, we had Saka on. That wasn't planned. Saka started talking about it, asking me questions yeah. about it last night. Phones ringing off the hook. And it's really funny because, um, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking this was going to be a one and done and go away. But I don't think anybody could think that this is something to go away. I think it's something that... Look, I mean, I, I would, you had me on. I believe we talked about it before. I, I just didn't get it. I was a non-believer in how this was going to work, how it was going to think. But it just goes to show you how people have thought this out more than we thought, right? Because we were talking about this last night. Mo, one of the guys who won, has, I think, probably one of the most brilliant system on how he's giving away his cigar. And oh, he's well, brilliant. Make, brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. And he's going to make his whole investment plus back probably in a month. And then the rest of it's all gravy. So... For, for me, once I saw the successes, I was curious. You know, I mean, look, there's very little things that we were the first to do, right? We weren't the first to have a Cigar of the Month Club. We just did it with a serious effort and made a really respectable one that people will love. And we have thousands of members all over the country. We weren't the first to do a multi-vendor event. You know, our event has become the biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest now cigar event in the country. So... You know, it's not, there's a lot of original ideas. And, you know, anybody out there know, I mean, John Carney has actually been an aide in helping us walk through this. Um, it's no secret. I mean, they, they, they didn't believe, especially if this was successful, that they were going to be the only people that would do it. But I think part of it is to have a, um, a product worthy of it, right? Yeah, I, think, I, I, I yeah, agree, agree. And that's you can't just, you had it. Yeah. Right. You can't just do it with this or yeah. that. You know, this was our first micro release. It was an unprecedented 3,000 box single store release, which I think to date still has to be the greatest single store release ever in the history of of this industry. Um, and uh, it was written up in Playboy magazine. There hasn't been any around for a long time. It already has a secondary market. It's already been sought after by collectors. And let's face it, if you want to talk about anybody who was a rock star and is a rock star in this genre of releases and special releases limited release pete johnson's the man so um it's it's a perfect storm for something like this um you know we we 
we wanted for me like i haven't had that cigar personally i think since 2017 yeah, i couldn't tell you last, the last time, time i've had it and around. i i asked pete at least once a year hey can we do a drop this year next year you know, it's always on a back burner so for me i think it's just awesome that now we'll see this cigar out every year in you know very limited amount quantities but it'll be around every year and i think for retailers this is this is a great way for you to have something special where people are going to find you all over the country. If you're one of the, it's like the unlucky 13, right? You're going to be like yeah. the unlucky seven every quarter of every month. So um, I think the model works. Um, and I think a model works, especially at this, where it's not just, I, I still don't get what the attraction is with a digital piece of art you know, that you own on a blockchain. I, I don't get it. We're doing it. But the value from my end is the actual availability of the product and the special 60 count humidor that Pete's working on. That That's what the value is. I mean, I, I don't even get it so much. One of the things I really want to do, which everybody was telling me is unnecessary, is when, when we're doing differently is we're creating actually seven original pieces of art. So you're not going to get like the same image numbered differently. Each person will get a unique, artistically done, Tatuaje Anarchy image, but like one of the things I said is, listen, when they whatever image they get, including the, you know the NFT, we're going to send them a canvas so they can actually hang it on their wall. It's a moot point and it's not necessary. I just that's how much I just don't understand the the NFT side of it. Right, you well. need you need a physical attribute right? to it. To, but yeah, for me, I the value it. of having that product. I mean, the initial oh, plan. No. Was, the the initial it's, it's, sorry, Alex. The initial plan was we were going to release more NFTs because I was determined to buy three just for our store. And it really wasn't until afterwards we started thinking about it. I went to Alex and said, Alex, you know, I can't bid on these. It's like, why not? Because, you know, in his mind, he thought the fairest way would be that we would bid. I said, it's not ethically compatible because Pete and I are partners and they'll realize right. that, you know, yeah. no matter what yeah. I bid, I'm probably going to be paying less than what they're going to pay. So we scaled it down to where we just gave ourselves one and let the other six go on the free market. Because there's no way I would let this happen without our store at least having one of these. We we were, you know, the creator of that whole lion brand. Yeah, you want to have the cigar. Yes. Yeah. So there was no universe when that was that was that was going to happen. So no, what I was going to say was, in thinking about it, like especially if I'm a retailer bidding on this and winning the bid, that canvas is something I'd want to hang in my store so people know that hey, this is one of the exclusive six places where you can actually get this cigar. Yeah, you're no, right. I, you're right because people follow that brand. They'll they'll follow that brand, and when they see that, they'll recognize it. Yeah. Listen, right. all I know is toward the end of its vibrancy where it was around we had that cigar in a rare and vintage room i think going for 20 and 25 dollars at the very end of it when we had any left and they were buying them and putting them and we were seeing them on the aftermarket for 100 100 plus so we already know there's a secondary market for this you know and, and where I, I was talking with alex last night he said look i'm gonna be the last guy to sell ours because i'm gonna see where the other six want to determine where the market is because that's right. mm -hmm. You know, and it's going to be one of those things where just the, the people in the market will demand, you know, will set where the, the, the where, where retailers are willing to sell them. I, I think the way that I forgot the name of the shop, but the way that one shop is doing it is actually extremely, extremely Sons. brilliant. It was Sons. Yeah. Sons yeah, yeah. 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 He's giving them all away. I mean, in a raffle, but he doesn't even have to worry about creating that market value for it. Now, instead of worrying about whether I have to find out whether I could buy it for 50 or $100, for $20, I can get at the very least a chance at a five pack. It, right. The odds are very interesting. The odds are very low, but it's like Powerball is the way I was looking at. People will play Powerball, right? So oh, dude, why would you, you play Powerball? Powerball? Take a shot at this, yeah. Right. The odds yeah. are way better than Powerball. 
Well, I'm just saying the odds. Bet, I, it's, it, it, yeah, it's they're very low odds. I mean, I think the highest odds are for that first tier. It's like 0.1 percent that you'll have a shot to win. The raffle, the raffle tickets on, are twenty dollars. Listen, Coop. Yeah. At worst case scenario, at worst case scenario, he's got five prizes if he sells five thousand tickets. Yeah, no, he does. I don't think he'll sell five thousand between now and October. That's tough. Uh, I he'll think sell, he'll he'll I think I don't. Will. I don't think they have the marketing on them to do it. That's just my opinion. The marketing's already been done. It's already been talked about. If you're out right, there, he's only one of seven places to find it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Coop, you're thinking you're thinking he has to find five thousand people. He doesn't. There yeah, yeah, I see what he's saying. There are a lot of people who drop hundred dollars for five chances. Right, right. right I right, see that. Right. That's the right. yeah. you, know, you need to find 1,300 yeah. people. It's a very well thought out. Listen, the first thing I texted Alex and Matt was. I love this guy. This guy thinks this was brilliant. Me. It was brilliant. Yeah, I gotta say, he makes it so that the masses had a chance yeah. and not yeah. just. I mean, we could have done that with our soccer ashtrays. I could have made packages that were fifteen hundred dollars, and yeah. everybody wanted fifteen hundred dollars. Gets it, and then great. I make six people happy, yeah. right? But we give everybody a chance to win. Then all you had to do was buy right. a five pack, and we sold a lot of five packs. So I, I love his format. But it just goes to show you the creativity of retailers, right? I mean, here I am. I'm making fun of it. I would have never thought of that. I mean, maybe I would have if I put up the money. You know, but I didn't get that chance where I had to think of something like that. But this guy was brilliant. I believe he'll make his investment back within one month. And the rest are just gravy. He won't have to worry whether there's a market for it for $100 or more. He can aggressively you know? sell them, yeah. He, yeah, he, he can aggressively sell them. So, yeah, so yeah. stupid. Yeah, I, that's why I thought it was a great a great move. I said and stupid. I meant to say genius. Do you see how no, much I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> Holy cow. I knew, I knew what you meant, yeah. Oh, Abe, oh. question for you. So you got one of the NFTs, right? And is there a financial piece that you have to invest into this blockchain to get it started? Or is it just simply creating the art and then putting it out there? No, you have to get create the art and then you have to submit the art to them to convert it into some kind of blockchain deal. Okay. So the clearinghouse handles it. They house it. They get it. And technically, um, uh, all the blockchains will be assigned to us. And then we will, the transfer will happen from us to six other retailers on the auction. Okay. So there's, there's a middle company, Eureka. In fact, we're using the same company that John recommended. They seem like great people so far. Um, we're waiting on the final paperwork, but they seem like very organized, very on the ball people. Right. And um, their, their auctions seem to flow really smooth. So I see no reason to experiment and look for other companies. Um, and uh, then the chain gets transferred to the buyer. Then there's a special store that the chain recognizes. So as long as you own the NFT, so you have to you have to create a what is it called the wallet, Alex? Yeah, coin wallet. You have to create a coin wallet because this is where it exists. And then when you go to make your monthly purchases, where with ours will be a quarterly purchase, it recognizes the chain in your wallet and it lets you in to make the purchase. If you ever sell the art and the blockchain, then you it won't recognize you and it'll know it's not there in the new right person. right and the transactions also also handled by the blockchain people they handle the right transaction time it's, it's very interesting man i've learned a lot just in the last three weeks of, of talking with these people and john and everything about how this stuff works but um it's out there but you know one of my goals is to, i'm trying to really work with the art to create some really cool, unique pieces that people really like want to hang on their wall. It'll be looking cool. Yeah. That's that one was, of the I thought that was cool how you're doing the, the different pieces and you have the canvas piece to go with that. I thought that was cool. 
Yeah. So it'll be very, and what's cool is Pete is uberly excited about this. He's been showing me some band work and he's thought on boxes and, um, he, you know, look, people don't realize, and I mentioned it last night, we were very attached to that project. It was a really big project for the both of us. In fact, we were, we were teasing Jordan Gutterman the other day because he reached out to me after he heard about the press release. And I said, you know, we both were just talking the other day how you still weren't, didn't mention it as like the Twy Anarchy, one of the top 50 things that happened in the cigar industry when he had his top 50 a couple of years ago. How could that not have been on there? So um, it, it, it's, it's exciting to work with Pete on this because we both are very passionate about this particular launch and release. And uh, I, I see it as a layup. If I'm a retailer, I'm bidding all over this. It's it's a, it's a great draw for my business, for my store, for my clients, for those people who are saw, you know who seek after that stuff. And everybody knows that Pete has a huge following of people who who, who like that. No, I think it was I think it was really good. And I think you made one other really good point, Abe. You know, when you talked about the project. Anarchy's really the one I think that started this single store release craze. I mean, there was some beforehand, right? But that's the one that, like, when people saw what happened with Anarchy, everyone then started wanting to have a store exclusive. I don't think I, I don't think there's a lot of cigars out there where you could pull this off on. Is what I'm saying. There isn't. We're yeah. fortunate enough that we actually had one in our portfolio. There might yeah. there might be only one other one, you know, or two tops that could do something like this, you know? Yeah. But, it really doesn't it doesn't have that national draw appeal that any retailer would say i gotta have this in my store you know right. anarchy, was, anarchy was the one cigar that we actually know i, I know dozens of retailers would just or and ordered from us on our website paid full retail just to have them in their stores oh i've seen them i've seen them and i saw some them in virginia ones yeah. like, they didn't call and ask me if they called and asked me i would have wholesaled yeah. them type boxes yeah they just went on the website and bought them i i remember when uh when this was kind of being teased uh, a bunch of the media guys actually were started really hammering the trademark site, and then they figured out it was smoke in actually before it got announced. I mean, it was people we were, were trying. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think anyone suspect. They just thought it was another peak release. I don't think they realized it was a single store release at the time. That was an that was an eight month marketing campaign where we didn't tell anybody what it was or who it was about yeah. or anything until literally the last forty five to sixty days. Pete was getting texts. Was he starting a rock band again? Was he starting a clothing line? Nobody. And then, you know, I had, thank God, Pete cooperating, wasn't telling anybody what was going on. Right. And it was, it was a really well done, well it done. Was. It, was, it was marketing 101. It was a well done campaign. It, it was. Um, in fact, I remember you had a Facebook page and it was just a, a separate standalone Facebook a page. Website, and no one website. knew. Yeah. We, know we had the website. website. That's right. Website too. Yeah. The website was the coolest thing because no one knew what it was about. All it talked about was Tatwai Anarchy. The anarchy right. was coming. And it had a globe that turned. turned every, yep. every couple of weeks, there was a new red dot that highlighted on the globe. And you'd click on that city, and there'd be a huge anarchy photo of either a riot or something going on. And a little thing, anarchy breaks out and so-and-so, you know, whatever. And in every photo, I was hidden in there holding an anarchy cigar. But we never told anybody this. And it was actually really, really well thought out. Yeah, it really it was. was. It was a very. I remember it. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited yeah. about this. I'm excited about this project. I'm excited to see how it goes. And I'll be honest with you. You know, what I'm really most excited about. I'm excited about that. I'm going to have 15 boxes a quarter. Yeah. Because <laughs> I we get a lot of people that still ask us for that cigar. I, I I will, and I don't have to worry about glomming some from the beginning because I know I'm going to be able to get 15 every quarter. So I could wait. My I could wait a couple quarters before I finally get myself a couple. Right. But uh, this is going to be big. No, it's this, good. This I told you. Actually, I, thought, uh, I, I think it's exciting to see this project back for sure. 
Pete's working on a new NFT version of the brand so that they never get confused with any original of the releases that were out there. And we're going to spruce up that 15 count box a little bit. So, you know, there's no distinction. You know, there's a definite distinction with anybody who still may have an original anarchy lying around compared to these releases. Right. That's a good idea, too. Yep. That picks actually from that website still exists and and is up that original Tatuaje Anarchy website. Is it really? No, it got redone. The globe is not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. When we came out with Apocalypse, I think we revamped it. But the original one had a little globe, circling globe. And when I go back and think about the the, the staff and the ability that we had back then, man, I asked a lot for those guys. (laughs) You want a what? I want a globe, bro. I want a globe with a map, with a heat seek, you know, a little red dot. You want what? So what else you got going on in the news this week? Uh, a couple of a couple of items from actually last week um, that Garrett didn't mention, but I, I'll mention it. Um, we mentioned a few weeks ago that Eddie Tarazona was running for the U.S. House of Representatives. He he took a pretty bad defeat in the primary. It wasn't a big surprise. Uh, the incumbent uh, who won the primary is the incumbent. Uh, He's the incumbent uh, in Congress. Uh, Eddie got 3% of the vote. You know, financing's tough for these types of things. So uh, he threw his hat in there, and, uh, you know, it didn't it didn't work out as far as that goes. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't go into their first one expecting a win. No, I don't think so either, yeah. It's a barometer. They see how they go. They see what the possibility of future well, wins. From what I saw, Eddie placed fifth out of five. So he he's did. Got he's, he's got, got some work. work to do. Yeah, he's definitely had some work to do. But, to um, answer to answer Dan LeBeau, I answered the question, but in case you didn't hear it, the when you sell the NFT, you, you actually sell the literal blockchain that it's assigned to. So yes, it disappears from your wallet, and then the new person who buys the NFT gets the access to those fifteen quarterly boxes of cigars and the digital art. The canvas art is not guaranteed; that can be brokered between the you know because the canvas art is not owned by the blockchain, and I can't force the transfer of that. So. The buyer would have to negotiate that at the time if they bought it from somebody who owned it. Hey, I want the canvas art piece too, and they'd have to agree upon it separately. What else uh, you got going on, Coop? Oh, uh, just another piece of Arizona news that may be of interest to folks. So there was a actually in Arizona Cigars. There was another partner. His name is Mario Caraballo. Uh, he has left Arizona Cigars um, and uh, is forming his own company. So it was kind of a rough week for Eddie last week with the news of losing the primary and then losing his partner. Um, no details were given. A lot of people thought that Eddie's partner might have been a lot of the money behind the company, so it, it will be interesting to see how that goes. Wow, partnerships are tough, man. I, I, I know I've learned that too. Yep, they're harder than marriages sometimes, they, they very much are. They're just not, it doesn't mean necessarily everything's bad. Sometimes, business wise, sometimes you're just not on the same page. All you can hope is they left on good terms. Yep, exactly, exactly. What else you got going on? Cool. Um, last piece of news comes from uh, Cappy 1901 Cigars. Uh, Gabby Caffey, uh, the owner, earlier this year announced he was, and he was on KMA, and he talked about leaving uh, Honduras and going uh, to move his production to the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, he's working with La Aurora. And, you know, when you move, when you move in production like that, you just can't get the same tobacco. So now he's leveraging a lot more of the La Aurora tobaccos. So the four uh, core lines of the Caffey uh, 1901 portfolio have been rebranded. That's the Connecticut, the DF Maduro, the Sumatra, and the San Andreas. And there's a fifth blend coming out, uh, which is the Siri L to celebrate his 50th birthday. And that's going to be an all Dominican cigar. So 
Um, the interesting thing is you look at these cigars, there's, they're completely different blends. In fact, there's no Honduran tobacco in any of these five blends. Hmm. Uh, he's, he's changed the packaging, and he's working with a good factory, so we'll see how that goes. Interesting. Yep. All right. Well, I there you have you it. There, Abe. I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you had it right. I'm a little out of it, bro. I got to double check my shit. It's not on my sheet. <laughs> That's funny, bro. I don't trust any of my memories these days. Uh, um, well, that's the scoop with Coop this week. Please check out cigar-coop.com. Cigar-coop.com. The most update new and update. Man, I am out of it. The up-to-date news and reviews, all teaser and rumor-free. Thank you, Cooper, Thank you. for your contribution this week. And now it is time for what I just had to check my piece of paper for <laughs> tale of the tape season five worst best movie villains ever hold on i'm a hundred percent not ready i was trying to fix something <laughs> okay okay give it an intro again time for tale of the tape season five the best <laughs> villains ever All right, here we go. Tale of the tape. And there's a crazy chicken in front of us, which may qualify as top <laughs> it might. Um, we're cracking a top five this week. So uh, let's get it started. Abe. Really me? All right, so I probably should have wrote this down and prepared for it better. Um, entering, coming in number five in my top five is Han Landa. Um, I forgot, I can't remember the name of this actor right now, but he's brilliant. He was a Django. Um, Hans Lando is an incredible villain only because of his ability to just be so calm and eloquent in his discussions and being literally two seconds later chopping your head off. It's the type of guy who you really hated in the movie, despised the movie, and I think has to go down as one of the top five villains of all time. Good pick. From from Inglorious Bastards, right? Yes. Django. I thought you said Django. No, no, he was also in the Django. That's what I said. Okay, okay. He was also. This guy's a brilliant actor. I can't. His name's. I'm trying to find it. Thank you. He's a brilliant, brilliant actor, and his his portrayal in that character, man, really was somebody you really wanted to hate and despise. But his just ability to, you know, be so calm and serene and make you feel like, oh, I'm your friend. I'm here to help you, and then basically just becomes a butcher. Right. Is brilliant. Take it away, Paul. Oh, all right. Well, this week, uh, I don't think it's any surprise. Another Disney villain uh, tops my list. I'm not saying they're all going to be Disney villains, but uh, of all the Disney villains, and she was she's in the rankings. She's got to be in the top five. But uh, of course, classic from um, from uh, oh god, where is she from? Snow White, uh, Maleficent. Uh, appears in in basically any appearance of a Disney villain. She's got to be there. She's kind of like the the staple of Disney villains. Of course, uh, if you're a Disney World fan, she's the center of, uh, and I'm sorry, from Sleeping Beauty, but she's the center of Fantasmic, 
which will be opening up again at Hollywood Studios soon. So enjoy that. They're in rehearsals now. One of the best shows in all of Disney World. Now, is this the same Maleficent that's portrayed by Angelina Jolie yeah. in the movies? Yeah, so when she does it... They, they make her almost out to be good. Right. Well, she started good. She turned bad. She turned evil. Maleficent yeah. started out good and turned bad? Yeah, this is the prequel to... Oh, so she's a complex character. This is kind of like complex. Wicked, like how she became the evil Maleficent later okay. on. And, and destroyed, you know, tried to destroy Sleeping Beauty's life. Okay. All right. So <laughs> coming in at, at number five for me is Hans Gruber of Die Hard fame. I know he's landed on uh, Abe's list. Um, just a great, you know, your your Eastern German intellectual villain. What I like about him is it, he, he kind of provided a, a, a battle of wits in a movie that was otherwise would have been just a straight action movie um very calm cool and collected and, and kind of provided that intellectual touch to an otherwise bruce willis action movie i agree agree koopa all right uh so this one was mentioned i believe it was on abe's list i have it at number five it's hannibal lecter and uh Great i'm getting movie. scared abe we have a lot of these characters on the list yeah did you uh, like how wrong you were last week i thought for sure you were gonna Butcher me over that one, and you had it. I was like, I couldn't believe it. There's not, even, not even had it. The same number. Yeah, the same number. I, I, I was like blown away. Um, so good job. Um, hey Hannibal Lecter, you know, I took it from Silence of the Lambs because we're going by one movie, but yes, I might have gone higher if we were going across the because uh, there were other Hannibal Lecter type of movies they've done, but Silence of the Lambs is the one everyone knows. Just sure. a just a great psychological cold that picture right there is bone chilling. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it is bone chilling. One of the by the way, a fantastic movie. 1991 was the year of all the great, uh, you know. Like horror type of thriller, I should say thriller movies. That was Cape Fear the same year, but uh, Hopkins' per performance of this is, uh, I think, his best performance. Um, and like I said, you, there's no doubt you you uh, know this is the villain. Now you may say, Abe, you brought the point about Buffalo Bill maybe being the more like villainy type of character. Well, but I don't think I, he had the specter. I don't think he had the specter of Hannibal Lecter. Is no, but he's definitely worth a mention. That was a creepy yes, dude. You know? He was, like, yeah. He was. You know, I mean, listen, there was a lot of people who struggled that didn't make my list, and Buffalo Bill was one of them. He was yeah. Dude. Yeah. So, just real quick, Paul, I want you to put that list back up. I want to explain something to everyone. I know you may see some. So, we have a graphic artist who who's great. He makes great artwork. Um, sometimes his brain malfunctions. I, and I think in this case, having I, two Hanses I think, I think at number five. I think he's a ketamine user. I think having two Hanses <laughs> at number five through set his brain into reset mode. <laughs> Abe's number five Hans is Hans Landa, not Hans Gruber. Mm -hmm. That's funny. The image is right. He just didn't change the name. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wait, can you put that up again? I want to see how many of us have the same. We have Hans Gruppers that's been on there a couple of times. Hannibal Lecter that's already been on there a couple of times. Nurse, Rat Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. And then there's Paul's list. I feel like there's still hope that one of you will pick a Disney so, character. So out of 10 so far, the three of us picked three of the same people. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go teaser free, Paul. There will not be a Disney character on my list. <laughs> 
Okay, <laughs> because I didn't go with any animated characters. I'm going to be honest with you. Desiree, uh, Alan Jaws, though Wally was a great villain, doesn't make my list just based on the criteria I set forth. It had to be a real a actor doing it. Yeah, so Desiree, movie fan, any great villains that you that you remember? Are you, are you into movies at all? I am, um, and I've been thinking about this since you guys have been talking. So um, I would go with Thanos and Loki. Nice. <laughs> Thanos, listen, Thanos was originally on my list. Yep. Because I, I then I had to read back and realize that that was all CGI. Now it was CGI that he came in and read the lines for, so he gets face strikes. But I didn't realize it was all CGI because it looked like him. But he yeah. never was on a stage performing or in a screen performing. So I technically had to take Thanos off my list. Okay, then you have your Jasons and um, yeah. your uh, Michael Myers. Made my yeah, none of the horror genre made my list. The, the one, if I had to pick one, probably would have been Freddy Krueger because I think he scared me the most growing <laughs> up. Yeah, um, I, I'm a big uh, sci-fi person, so um, Darth Vader is definitely on my list too. Darth Vader made someone's list, I thought. He was on my he, list. He yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darth Vader was on my list. All right, well, there you have Team Tales Season 5. Four more weeks ahead until we find out who our number one choices are. Now, as we close every kma episode um and we have a segment brought to you by the fine folks over at Gurkha cigars we're gonna about to find out uh if desiree which she would rather all right First question or would you rather segment is going to be would you rather be half your height or double your weight? Half my height. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? I'm five eight. Woof. Yeah. Puts you about three feet tall almost. Yeah, but I would be over four hundred pounds if I was double my weight. So I'm going mm. with half my height. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna find you. We're gonna find out a little, bit, a little bit about you on this question. Would you rather be forced? I want Paul to answer this too. Oh boy! Would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song when you hear it? <laughs> um, I'll do both together. <laughs> really? All right. Well, then we, this woman is not afraid. Not afraid. Paul, I'm gonna guess we're gonna go sing. Why would yeah? I do you have you ever been around me? I sing everything that it, that's playing. My, it drives my wife insane. Insane. I was singing something this morning from I think the Bluey theme song, but yeah, I, I sing everything. Yeah, I'm gonna put my Carlton out there. There you go. All right, and here's <laughs> here's the last one. This was a tough one. We will see the toughest for last. Would you rather walk in on your parents or have them walk in on you? <laughs> Oh, gross. Um, That's a tough one. I'd rather walk in on them. Yeah. Yeah, I think me too. <laughs> yeah. No. They, Paul, what, they might die of shock. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, 
ball. My dad watches. My dad watches the show. He's probably sitting outside with a cup of coffee watching the show right now. Which would I rather? What if I had the experience of both? Oh, oh Jesus! You had your parents walk in on you while you were visiting Long Island. Jesus, Paul. Paul well, was visiting. <laughs> no, when I was a kid, living with them. Uh, yeah, I'd probably rather them walk in on me. Wow. Oh wow. No way. Oof. Well, there you have it. Thanks to the fine folks at Gurkha. We now know. Would you rather? Thank you for joining us on this Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning. Oh, thank you. It was a very fun. We loved meeting you, your chickens. Um, we hope we entertained our fans, made them laugh. Coop, as always, my man, thank you for the update and the news to what's going on. Good to have you back. Garrett did a good job for you last week filling in, so very cool. Um, follow us on our Facebook and social. Check us out. Our private Facebook group, please, at Smoke In Social. A lot of fun stuff always going on in that Facebook group. Um, also, don't forget to check out this week's Labor Day sale. Okay, we have a 20% off site white sale going on. Visit smokein.com. Um, next week, we have the Smoke In Tobacco Takeover. Going to be interesting. Matt and Nicole Tobacco will be broadcasting the KMA Live episode with their own very special guests. Everything else will be in the same format. So we will see you in a couple of weeks, but everybody have a great weekend until then. Keep it lit.